Welcome to Torat Imecha, Nachyomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Leah Herzog, and today we will be studying Sefer Amos, Perik Hay, the Book of Amos, Chapter 5. In the previous chapter, Amos begins delineating the elements that contribute to the rampant social injustice in his society, specifically the chasm between the rich and the poor. Perik Dalit, Chapter 4, opens by Amos rebuking the women for their brazen materialism and ignoring the plight of the poor. He continues by ranting against the perversion of the legal system. The rich bribe the judges. The judiciary, rather than upholding the rights of the weak, are co-opted into further oppressing them. The chapter continues with Amos telling the people how Hashem has sent them indicators of his anger, both through nature and through his prophets. And what can be perceived as a natural disaster and a geopolitical problem is actually Hashem's way of trying to wake us up to doing tshuva, repenting. Over and over Hashem is begging us to return. Over and over we ignore him. And the parak ends with Amos's ominous warning. B'nai Yisrael, prepare to meet your Maker. The Omnipotent One is going to unleash the full breadth of His power. Parak Hay, Chapter 5, again opens with Amos commanding the people, Shim'u, pay attention, understand what I'm trying to tell you. But in Pasuk Aleph, verse 1, he refers to what he is saying now as a kinah, as a lament. This word kinah is so familiar to us from the kinot, the lamentation prayers that take center stage in the tvilot, the prayers of Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, when we mourn the destruction of both temples and multiple calamities that have befallen us through the ages. However, this word is rarely used in the Tanakh itself, less than 15 times altogether. The word is usually associated with the book of Yirmiyahu and Yechezkel, the prophets who lived through the destruction of the first temple and the exile to Babylon. But Amos uses it here and in one other place. A kinah is a wailing lament. It is possibly related to the English word keen, it is associated with death, destruction, war, and trauma. This word likely got the attention of Amos's listeners and should get ours as well. Hashem is angry and poised to punish, but his anger comes from hurt and betrayal. He still loves us. He still wants us to return. And according to this chapter, what Hashem wants most is for justice to be upheld particularly in the proceedings between rich and poor. The lament itself begins in earnest in verse 2. Nafla lo tosif kum bitulat Yisrael, natasha al admata, ein mikima. Fallen not to rise again is the maiden Israel, abandoned on her soil with none to lift her up. Comparing B'nai Yisrael to a woman is a common metaphor throughout Nevi'im, 
and a bitula, a virgin, is a symbol of purity and chastity, a young girl poised on the verge of marriage and building a home and a family. This pasuk, or verse, is looking backwards to the time when we were a maiden, betrothed to Hashem, that time in the desert, at the moment of Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah. Hosea uses the metaphor of B'nai Yisrael as a woman throughout his book, and Yirmiyahu uses this metaphor often as well. So this maiden, young and pure, and her devotion to her beloved, has fallen. She will not rise again, and no one is even there to help her. According to Rashi, this verse is a reference to the fact that soon the ten tribes will be exiled, never to return. And even if they do return in the distant future, in the times of the Mashiach, the northern kingdom, the one identified as Ephraim, will never exist again. And yet, there is still hope. Hashem is begging B'nai Yisrael to come back to him. Ki ko amar Hashem lebeit Yisrael, dirshuni v'chiyu. Thus said Hashem to the house of Israel, Seek me, and you will live. The mantra of dirshu, seek me, is repeated numerous times in this chapter, and it is a word and a theme familiar to us from Yeshayahu as well. The word lidrosh means to actively seek out, to demand an audience or answers. It is a legal term as well as judges are commanded in the book of Devarim, Deuteronomy, Vidarashta, Vichakarta, Visha'alta Hetev. You will seek out you will investigate, and you will ask thoroughly. In this parak, this chapter, every time that Amos tells the people, Dear Shu, he couples it with a huge incentive. Seek out God, and you will live. The fire of the coming destruction will not consume you if you just return to Hashem. Hashem does not want to punish you, does not want to destroy you. He wants you to come back to Him. And it is you're blatantly turning your back on Him and His Torah and ignoring Him altogether that will bring down His wrath on you. Verse 5 continues. The Altidrashu Beit El, but don't seek Him out in Beit El. While Shomron was the political capital of the northern kingdom, Beit El was its religious center. The alternate temple was there, with its calf, the symbol of Yosef, and its priests and its rituals. Beit El is the place where Yaakov had his dream, where Hashem and his angels came down to meet him. So it is no wonder that Yeravim ben Nevat, the first king of the northern kingdom, who was from the tribe of Ephraim, built his place of worship there. As mentioned in the last chapter, the concept of Yosef's claim to royalty as Rachel's firstborn and as Yaakov's beloved son is also a common theme among the Nevi'im, or the prophets. It is Yosef's son Ephraim whom Yaakov blesses as the future leader, and most of the kings of the northern kingdom came from that tribe. It is Ephraim who becomes the symbol of both the greatness and arrogance of these people. 
the prophets rebuke Ephraim for his waywardness and his pride. But on the other hand, Yirmiyahu famously talks of Hashem's longing for Haben Yakir Li Ephraim, my precious son Ephraim. The high court of the northern kingdom was also in Beit El. As in Jerusalem, they met at the gates of the city. Tragically, those judges make a cruel farce out of the legal system. And as it says in Pasuk Zion, verse 7, Hachofchim lela'ana mishpat, utztaka le'eretz hanichu. They turn justice into wormwood, and they hurl righteousness to the ground. David Melech, King David in Psalm 19, compares Torah and its justice to something sweeter than honey. For these judged, it is the taste of money that is sweet, and justice tastes disgusting, and they spit it out. Amos elaborates in verse 12 and 13 how awful the situation has become. Kiadati rabim pishechem, veatzumim chatotechem, tzorrei tzadik lokrei kofer, veevyonim bishaar hatu. For I have noted how many are your crimes, and how countless your sins. You enemies of the righteous, you takers of bribes, you who subvert in the gate the cause of the needy. Lachain hamaskil ba'et hahi yidom, ki eit ra'a hi. Assuredly, at such a time, the prudent man keeps silent, for it is an evil time. The commentaries explain verse 13 in one of two ways. Ibn Ezra explains that it is their very silence that makes people wise. They know that they will be ignored or worse. And Rashi, among other commentaries, makes plain what the and worse is. The people would murder those who said things that they didn't want to hear. Needless to say, this would include the prophets. Any voice who is giving a message that the rich found discomforting was at best tuned out and at worst cancelled or killed. It is an incredibly dark time when the light of truth, even if it is a painful truth, is shut away, if not extinguished altogether. Amos switches tones constantly in this chapter, using the rhetorical tool to keep the people's attention. In verses 14 and 15, he pleads again, Seek out good and hate evil. Ulai Yechanan Hashem Elokates Vaot She'erit Yosef. Perhaps, just perhaps, the God of Joseph, the northern kingdom, he will be kind and merciful. And in Pasuk Tetzayin through Kafgimel, verses 16 through 23, Amos details what will happen and why there is no redress. Since the people have turned the laws upside down, Hashem will turn nature upside down. Instead of wealth and life, there will be desolation and destruction. As it says in verses 16 and 17, Lachain ko amar Hashem elokei tzvaot, Adonai kol rechovot, Mispeid u bechol chutzot yomru, Ho, ho, 
וקראו איכר אל אבל ומספד אל יודי נהי. Assuredly, thus said the Lord, my God, the Lord of hosts, in every square there shall be lamenting, and in every street cries of ah, woe, and the farmland shall be called to mourn, and those skilled in wailing will be called to lament. Ubechol kramim mispeid, ki a'avor bekirbecha, amar Hashem. For there shall be lamenting in every vineyard too. When I pass through your midst, says Hashem. So instead of safety and security, you will be t- attacked and torn apart. And even in your own homes, you won't be safe. V'samach yado al hakir v'nashcho hanachash. For you will lean your hand against the wall and a snake will bite you. Day will be like night and your world will turn upside down. And if all that isn't enough, we hear the intensity of Hashem's anger in hurt in this short verse. It has only six words, but even the sounds of the words are harsh. The cla- clipped T and the guttural G and H. Saneti ma'asti chagechem velo ariach be'atzrotechem. I loathe, I spurn your festivals. I am not appeased by your solemn assemblies. And then we have the next verse. Ki im ta'aluli olot uminchotichem lo ertse v'shelem miriachem lo abit. If you offer me burnt offerings or meal offerings, I will not accept them. I will pay no heed to your gifts of fatlings. This is a theme we know well already. If the people are not upholding tzedek and chesed, justice and charity, and all of the other laws ben adam between man and man, then sacrifices and rituals are worse than useless. They are disgusting and repellent to Hashem. But... If our hearts are pure and our actions are consistent with Torah and Torah values, then our words alone, particularly in the form of tefillah or prayer, can replace all of the sacred service, even when there is no temple and no avoda ritual. And Amos tells the people, also in another succinct verse, verse 24, that what Hashem wants is, quote, for justice to well up like water, and for righteousness to flow like a mighty river. He wants for us to return to that place where we when, when we were his bitula, his maiden bride, that time in the desert when it was just the two of us, Hashem and B'nai Yisrael. Thank you for studying together. Le'ilui nishmat, Riva Schwab, Rivka Bat, Alexander. Sender.